I'm your host Sarvat Javed and in this week's podcast of the Kashmirwala we'll attempt to make sense of the law in the changing dynamics of Kashmir. I'll be speaking to Parvez Imroz, a human rights lawyer and president of the Jammu and Kashmir Coalition of Civil Society. I'm also joined by Muzammil Jalil, deputy editor of the Indian Express. Hello and welcome to our podcast Mr. Imroz. What are the powers vested under this act? in supreme court in 1997 there was a petition was filed by the naga human rights movement and uh, ngo in uh, from nagaland they were challenging the constitutional validity of the aswa in that petition the army had mentioned the do's and don'ts by the which the army has to follow and the it was uh, held that these are mandatory on the part of the army and uh, the do's and don'ts by the army have that there are a lot of things you know they should not use the, the excessive powers they will not use the indiscriminate force they will not uh, there will be no torture and uh, there will not be any interrogation these were the don'ts and don'ts which army has which were incumbent upon the army and which have never been adhered and on the contrary we see the army has been torturing has been using the indiscriminate force and has been using the excessive force coming back to the statement the army has made here what is the exceeding of the powers i mean army has left it very and uh, very ambiguous that is not there this statement is not there and uh, yeah, this is not a first instance for example if we coming back to the you know in uh, 2010 similarly that three porters three porters you know in matsal area they were uh, killed cold bloodedly and later on they were killed as claimed as foreign militant and that three killings it triggered a, a state wide protest and demonstration you know in which 140 civilians got killed in that case finally what happened was that under public pressure the court martial was conducted and in the court uh, martial two officers and seven soldiers were sentenced to life imprisonment and later on uh, these accused people convict they filed the appeal before the armed forces tribunal which suspended the life sentence of five army personnel right including their colonel and captain and even uh, if we see the observation made in that case by the judge which was very uh, unbecoming for example that he said that even in uh, the during the hearing that the dead people were believed to be terrorists because they were wearing the pathan suits and i were very un- very unlikely that they will be the sentence made by the court martial will be upheld by the army tribunal so there is complete impunity under this law impunity in the sense that uh, under the law that a sanction is mandatory you know before prosecuting the armed personnel uh, for doing anything for raping for killing for torture for uh, you know disappearance which they have done of course that uh, you have to file the sanction is required and sanction uh, the uh, federal government whether it is the home department 
or whether it is a defense department, they never issue. Nevertheless, that under the Armed Forces Special Powers Act, uh, they have to be subservient to the police. They have to uh, work and under the subordination of the police, but they never did it. How exactly does the Armed Forces Special Powers Act help the government forces circumvent the judicial system? You can't expect the judiciary in a conflict area be functional because the way as a practicing lawyer and from last 1990, my experience also is that the judiciary have their own self-imposed limitations. They hesitate in what they what government calls uh, the security-related matters. It is a long, uh, you know, very exhaustive. The victims have been fighting against the army, braving to fight against the army. They are finally end up in, uh, in, in 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 moving in a circle. A lot of victims who have now become old age some have died finally they don't follow the case and then also the uh, the judiciary is not proactive according to law the investigation is not barred by as far so i think the judiciary as far as concerned judiciary uh, there has been cases you know i think there are hundreds of cases filed against the army in the court i have been dealing also a lot of cases of disappearance and then but finally that uh, is very unlikely that there will be accountability and there will be punishment and uh, there will be you know some compensation will be paid to the families yeah. judiciary has been compromised why is there a staunch opposition from the government to repealing the act if you see the statement of the political policy the leading policy in India, they say they're fighting the proxy war, army is doing a commendable job, then they have been rewarding and rewarding these uh, army officials who have committed here the serious crimes here. You know? And uh, there is, uh, I mean, just, I will just give an example. For example, that uh, there were two judges in Supreme Court. In 2008, there are two judges, Justice Aftab Alam and Justice Jiyas Singhvi, they on record in saying that uh, how the army is in Kashmir are killing civilians for rewards and rewards. And uh, Justice Aftab Alam was a Chief Justice here for six months. I'll quote here, quote, just forgetting their gallantry wars, you know, some people in Jammu Kashmir are termed terrorists and killed, unquote. He went on to say that this is a cold-blooded murder. They're not uh, acknowledging that the army has committed here war crimes or crimes against humanity. Kashmir is the only place where there has been uh, acknowledgement by the state institution, that is the State Human Rights Commission, that there are 6,765 mass graves. There's no such concern. Nothing happened. There was not that, uh, because the fact of the matter is in India, the human life doesn't matter, telling you frankly. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Mr. Jaleen. How would you explain the Armed Forces Special Powers Act to a layperson? Armed Force Special Powers Act was first enacted by Indian Parliament on September 11, 1958. In September 1990, the Parliament passed Armed Forces Jammu and Kashmir Special Powers Act, which was uh, enacted especially for Jammu and Kashmir. But it was deemed to have come into force retrospectively. So while it was passed in September 1990, it came into force from July 5th, 1990. APSPA is applicable only when a region or a state is declared disturbed. The power to declare a territory disturbed initially lay with the states. But this power was passed to the central government in 1972. 
So section uh, three of the Armed Force Special Powers Act in JNK says that an area can be declared disturbed if it is the opinion of the governor. Governor is the representative of the central government or the central government, which makes the use of uh, armed forces in aid of the civil power necessary. So if they think that they need armed forces in a region, they will declare that place disturbed. This law gives protection to armed forces in lots of things. The armed forces may shoot to kill or destroy a building on mere suspicion. And it also says that a non-commissioned officer or anyone of equivalent rank and above may use force based on opinion and suspicion to arrest without warrant or to kill. Armed forces can fire at anyone carrying anything that may be used as a weapon. And uh, the, the, the only thing that, that it says that uh, with such due warning, as he may consider necessary. Is the parameters? No, it's a very subjective thing. The soldier on the street decides. And as I told you, a non-commissioned officer or anyone of equivalent rank and above, it is not like every soldier. It is his or her opinion that is important. So if a non-commissioned officer thinks that there is threat and there is suspicion, they can use force. You know, the law is so draconian that if they think, it is not only that a building is or a house is used for any militant activity or any subversive activity, as they will say. It is not just, it is being used. The law also says that if they feel that it may be used in future also. So it has a wide range. A lot of things come into it. Are the laws always there or added later? These provisions were there. They have been changed. I think, you know, in, in my opinion, it has become worse because of some, some, some other reason. But these provisions were always there. And once the AFSPA is implemented, there is no prosecution. No prosecution shall be instituted except with the previous sanction of the central government in respect of anything done or purported to be done under this act. And the prayer sanction in case of the army has to come from defense ministry. And in case of the paramilitary forces, it has to come from the Ministry of Home Affairs. The army has said that its troops had exceeded powers vested under the Armed Forces Special Powers Act. Make sense of this statement. I look at it as a cover-up. I'll tell you why. First of all, when army decided to go for a probe, the fundamental question before them was whether the encounter was staged or genuine. That was the first and the most important question. They have not answered that. They are saying that they found out that the three people whom they describe as terrorists who were killed in the encounter are the same people who had gone missing in Rajori. And it has a context too because the families of those three missing, they had seen the pictures of once these people were killed, they had seen those pictures and they also you know, found out from other people locally that they were the kin. So they were agitated, they were, they were going to protesting, they were meeting politicians, there was some sort of a pressure. So they admitted that part. And it is very interesting how did army get to know that these are the same people who had gone missing. Those three persons, those three youngsters had no militant past. That is, they had no, no, no connection with militancy. That was admitted by Rajori police. I saw some stories about that. Though JNK police is also conducting a probe into it. The only thing in this army probe that has come out is that those three people who had gone missing in Rajori were the people who were killed by army in Shupian. They have said that the inquiry into their you know, involvement in militancy has not been completed as yet. They have not answered the fundamental question that whether the encounter was genuine or not. And what does it mean that they have exceeded powers that they had under AFSWA? What sort of violations are there? Do's and don'ts for violations. What are those violations? We do not know that. They have not talked about them. So I don't think it is. it says anything. But 
at the same time what i think is that uh, jnk police's role has been really really bad police is either not filing fir's or if they if they do something like that then they are not doing the investigation at all for the last two months police has been investigating this case the first thing that they had to do is to identify these three unidentified men who were killed and they did that also so this is why i think that jnk police's role has been really suspicious see police filing an fir is important once police files an fir they can start investigation so afspa literally would come in play at the time when they would file the charge sheet so you already had record of those facts and it was also another government agency because police is also a government agency they they had conducted that probe so what would happen is that once police had filed the charge sheet army would invoke afspa that you cannot go ahead you cannot try us in a civilian court but now what has happened is that they have brought invoking of afspa to the level of filing of fir so if they prevent police from filing firs also then there will be no talk about the cases there will be not we will not even have facts army is not ready to probe so who is going to do it there will be only one version that will be the family version after 2018 what has happened is that that entire process has changed is scuttling the probes at the fir level something not seen before 2018 what i am saying is that now it is invoked even at the level of the fir so that is a huge change so it is not that police was doing their job fine the only difference that the police investigations used to make before was to create some sort of a fact sheet which was the investigation was done by government's own agencies were very important that way so at least we knew what has happened through a government investigation whether there would be any justice or not that's a separate question court martial proceedings have nothing to do with prosecution sanction police and cbi two law enforcement agencies have actually probed these cases they file a charge sheet only after they find some evidence and once they file charge sheet the chief judicial magistrate has to give army two choices whether to go ahead with the civilian court or do an in house which is court martial proceedings under army act army has always chosen court martial proceedings they have never ever chosen a trial by a civil court so that's one thing the second thing is that the state government the once the police completes the investigation the police writes to the state government that we want sanction for prosecution state government writes to defense ministry in case of army and mha in case of paramilitary forces and they then look at the evidence that the police has provided and then they decide in 2003 a writ petition was filed in jammu and kashmir high court and during in those proceedings joint secretary defense ajay turkey filed an affidavit on behalf of the defense ministry and that affidavit uh, revealed that over the years 35 cases had been received by the ministry but sanction to prosecute was not granted in any of them at that point of time sanction was declined in uh, 10 cases and the rest were under consideration still and then i checked again if you remember uh, there was a case in august 2016 there was a lecturer who was you know beaten to death He was beaten to death in a village Sharshali Kru in Burwama. 20 other youth from that village were also picked up by army. Army came with like you know wooden planks, you know iron rods, rifle butts. They beat him up and then they took him to a camp in Pampur and he died. Police filed an FIR. It became a huge huge case if you remember. There was an investigation. Police probe concluded that 23 army personnel are involved in it. 
and they wrote to this state government uh, for sanction of prosecution and the case was sent to the center nothing happened that was one major case before 2018 so in 2018 when that shopian firing incident happened where you know the you know, troops had opened fire on protesters after that the entire thing stopped that i don't think there are any fir's also or if there are fir's there well, whatever investigation police has done it is like same pattern as they are doing with the recent encounter in shopian In 2018 the government told Rajya Sabha that between 2001 and 2016 the defense ministry received 50 requests for sanction for prosecution from the JNK government they also told the Rajya Sabha that sanction was denied in 47 of these cases while three cases were still pending 17 of these 50 cases were related to killings of civilians 16 were custodial death cases 8 were custodial disappearance cases four were rape and molestation cases why does the army always choose court martial because i think they are not sure what will happen in a civil trial because the army's own court martial proceedings are much more opaque so i think that is the reason how is it different from a civilian court when a case under afspa goes to the court martial if the army invokes army act and decides to do an in house trial whatever the conclusion of the court martial if the court of inquiry finds some evidence then there is a court martial proceedings are carried out even once the court martial proceedings are carried out and they exonerate the armed force men or court of inquiry says that there is nothing they haven't found anything against their own men so what happens is that once that decision is given the families of those people who think that their kin have been killed in a fake encounter they cannot approach the, the civilian courts but if the army personnel or any armed force personnel whether pa- paramilitary or army they are held guilty during those in house proceedings they can go to the army tribunal they can go to civilian courts also challenging those decisions so basically it gives an undue advantage to the army see the reason why armed force special powers act was enacted was to provide a shield to the the army and the paramilitary forces while they were functioning in conflict zones these are special laws for places where they think that they can't do without them the aim of such a draconian law is to actually provide a blanket impunity whenever you ask about the logic behind this legal shield there is only one answer that it is a protection for acting in good faith during operation but the argument that the immunity provided by armed force special powers act to armed forces is limited to the cases where armed forces personnel have committed a bona fide mistake is also not true there are scores of cases where armed force personnel have been accused of rape and uh, sexual assault and police has filed cases there are firs but army has always invoked armed force special powers act in that also my question is how is how can rape be a bona fide mistake during an operation patribal case also we saw policeman named but the army let go initially are they easy to throw under the bus no patribal Patribal story was a bit different because Patribal was handed over to CBI and CBI is India's topmost investigating agency. The CBI called Patribal a cold-blooded murder. Patribal fake encounter was actually the first cover-up came from the police itself. So it is not that police was doing their job fine. Once the case was referred to CBI, CBI investigated it. CBI indicted the army officers and the case went up till Supreme Court and Supreme Court finally decided the case and uh, 
caused the trial to be handed over to army subsequently army conducted a really open court martial proceedings and exonerated its men the only difference that the police investigations used to make before was to create some sort of a fact sheet the investigation was done by government's own agencies so at least we knew what has happened through a government investigation there was a lot of clamor around 2012 to remove the aspa with umar abdullah advocating it despite opposition even from kashmiri unionists like safuddin soz why is the repealing of this act such a controversial subject do you think the jingoistic narrative created around the law has overshadowed a rational discussion on it i don't think it will ever be repealed there are two aspects to it from the perspective of kashmiri population this law is draconian it is a draconian law that provides such impunity such legal sheet to the armed forces operating in kashmir that, that it is like a license to kill license to destroy you know from the human rights point of view too such a law is unacceptable nothing can justify such a draconian law that literally disallows any scrutiny of the actions of the armed forces and those actions include killings everything without the prayer sanction from the government itself so you have to seek sanction from the government itself to prosecute armed forces personnel who have been accused of any human rights violation but if you look at it through the perspective of the armed forces it's a different story it is essential to see what is not said rather than what they say there is a reason why indian government has deployed armed forces in such a large numbers in kashmir and overwhelming majority is questioning india's sovereignty over this region the emergence of militancy is also the direct outcome of that if you look at the political landscape of kashmir across pro india and anti india divide you will see a vast majority of political voices want self determination autonomy self rule and different shades which are like you know achievable nation who no one is ready to accept the status quo and the measures taken by the indian government on august 5 2019 have pushed this envelope further then you have an external factor too pakistan has never accepted india's sovereignty on kashmir so what i see the way i look at it it won't be exaggeration to say that india's armed forces alone are keeping this region with india This law is seen with dread in Kashmir. Simultaneously, the army is also involved in what it calls Operation Sadbhavana to win the hearts and minds of Kashmiris. Is this a contradiction in their approach? Our Operation Sadbhavana and AFSPA together actually is the policy. They both are part of the same policy. But if you ask me how I have understood all these laws and whatever is happening in Kashmir, there was a camp in somewhere in Anantnag and. It was very interesting to see a thing written on the one of the wall of that camp. It's in early 90s and it was some paramilitary force camp and it said catch them by their balls hearts and minds will come on their own. So Apspa is catch them by their balls. Do you see any scope for amendment at least? No, I don't see. Governments may not have said this. No, no government has said this. But each time there was a demand to repeal this draconian law, those who support Aspa have been saying loud and clear, very, very clearly, that you cannot send armed forces to fight with their hands tied. You know, it may not be said in public, but there is no doubt that providing this type of a cover to the armed forces while they operate in Kashmir is the policy of the government of India. And to my understanding, it will remain there. Thanks a lot, Mr. Imroz and Mr. Jalil, and thanks to our listeners for listening to this podcast. You can visit our website. We are an independent media house and you can go to the section called members. You can join there and help us by supporting us because you're the only people that can keep independent journalism alive.